He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Anthony Irwin Show live edition on Twitter Spaces. I'm Anthony Irwin, as always, to talk you guys through the latest. Sorry, I, I guess I can't really say as always, uh, seeing as we normally have, uh, normally we do this every week. Obviously, there's been a few weeks since the last one. My apologies. Uh, but we are going to hopefully get back on track here starting today. I see Aaron is is here and ready to go as well so i'm going to add him as a speaker and uh, and get this thing going so the main subject for today is going to be the uh i i don't really want to call them options because we don't know how available either of them are to the lakers but as it stands right now it seems like the lakers could kind of go in two directions they could focus all of their assets on landing kyrie irving or they could uh, break up, or well, I guess break up those assets, but use all those assets on a few more players that maybe don't have the same ceiling that Irving does. And uh, I, I find the whole thing, the whole exercise here, kind of interesting because the Lakers, you know, as things stand right now, uh, we we've seen them have success with two stars and an offering of a few more role players above the minimum who uh, fit a little bit better than say a third star has to this point. Now, obviously I think Kyrie Irving would fit better than Russell Westbrook did, but uh, it's, it's still kind of the same concept where if Kyrie doesn't fit absolutely perfectly and you're essentially slotting one of him, AD or LeBron into a third role, are you better off, basically having a few more players who are more capable or more used to fitting in as role players than uh, Kyrie or AD or LeBron would have to be. Um, so Aaron, I know you can't speak specifically about you know any type of player or any certain named player here, but in general, if if the Lakers have two paths here to go in, which do you think makes more sense right now, given the way that the offseason has gone to this point? Well, uh, greetings from, from the beach. Oh, man. Well, thanks for rubbing that in. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, it sounds that wherever you are, it sounds amazing. Oh, it, it's, it's even better than it sounds. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Ma uh, Maui. Uh, I'm on a balcony in Maui. Of course. Um, <laughs> so I think that um, the Lakers, in this case, should go for whatever the best deal that they can find is. I think either path can be successful. I think you go with, with whatever the best deal is. And um, as I've said before on, on, on the show, I think the ceiling is the highest. Not, not, in, not in this case specifically, but I just think in, in any time where it's a question of three, three stars or superstars, uh, versus two and, and more depth. I think the three-star model has a higher ceiling. I agree that it probably would in this case also. But as I've said before, 
you better get it right. You better get the fit right, and the you better get and you better get better health than the Lakers have gotten the last couple of years out of their their best players. Because otherwise, you just don't have the quality NBA players behind them. I think the Lakers have done a better job this year in filling out the roster with NBA players, obviously, than last year. But um, if you if the Lakers elect to go with, and it's not entirely up to the Lakers, it's not a unilateral decision. But if it ends up being the three-star model, you better get it right, and the health becomes an even greater factor than it already is. But to be fair, if LeBron and AD aren't, healthy and playing well for most if not all of the season none of this matters anyway yeah i that that that's always kind of the the bright lights disclaimer here is is like i think last year the lakers were kind of saying well in in bringing in russell westbrook the way that i remember it framed quite a bit after they brought him in was well this allows lebron to take a few nights off this allows ad to take a few nights off it means that russ can carry the load on those nights or even on nights that LeBron or AD don't fully take the night off. Maybe uh, they could play a few, uh, fewer minutes or the load that they carry while on the court might be lightened. And, and I just, I, I, you know, I was kind of skeptic then at the time. And then obviously we saw how it played out where the times that Russ, I think looked best was uh, when everybody was healthy. And, and that was the closest that, the Lakers were to like a net positive team. Uh, And then, you know, in those stretches where LeBron or AD were out, then everything really kind of went to crap. And I think that was always going to be the case. Like if you're, if you're building a team and you're hoping to be okay while LeBron is on the bench, I just feel like you're, you're misprioritizing what you should be building around it. What you should be building for is optimizing LeBron optimizing ad and and look if Kyrie is is on the table if that is something that the lakers are still hoping to do then he does help with both of those things especially ad i think Kyrie would be really good particularly for ad ad since he got to the lakers hasn't had a a pick and roll threat uh ball handler of that type of cal- uh, caliber and and if ad welcomes and and uh, is open to more open to a kind of modern rim rolling type big role. Then Kyrie is the guy that that really opens that up. But I'm still kind of skeptical about whether or not AD would be open to that type of a role. And we always have to we we just always have to remain skeptical of whether or not Kyrie cares about basketball or or, or cares about playing basketball on a regular basis. I think clearly. You don't get as skilled at basketball if you, as Kyrie is if you don't care about it. But he has kind of proven and, and will have to prove until, uh, until it's, it's, it's proven otherwise that, yeah, we, you can't really rely on the guy. So you combine everything. And, and look, Kyrie wouldn't be available at the price that the Lakers might be able to get him at uh, if he didn't have those questions regarding commitment, regarding availability, um, and, and those things and maturity and all of that, that he wouldn't be available if that wasn't the case, but it is the case. And the Lakers, we just saw, I mean, but look, I think they, they didn't look at TJ Warren, I think because of some of the medical stuff, I think Otto Porter, uh, was, was not considered, um, as serious an option because of some of the medical stuff there. Um, and the Lakers really 
prioritized with their with their signing so far this offseason availability and uh this is if you go from that to now trading you know your remaining assets at this point for Kyrie Irving and his questions about availability I think that's that's something to be kind of nervous about I'm gonna throw to the audience a little earlier than I normally do on this one um because uh because Aaron you can't speak specifically about players <laughs> but like I I find myself I wrote about this for Silver Screen and Roll uh, last night, and I spoke to Adam Mattis about it on yesterday's um, recorded version of the Anthony Irwin show, and we'll be narrating that that you know short little column for tonight's lowdown. And I think I land on the side of I would prefer Heald and Turner because I don't think the Lakers right now have enough proven NBA talent on their roster, and. Uh, having getting two proven players instead of the one right now. Now we don't know what moves on the peripheries could be made. If, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker is still available to be moved. If the Lakers would still be looking to move Kendrick Nunn, if those guys are just available to play, then you're talking about something a little bit different, a kind of a different situation here. But for me, if I had to right now, gun to my head, choose one path over the other, I would probably head in the direction of Turner and Heald. I think Turner fits. Now, are you are you doing are you doing that if the the cost is yeah cost is the same yeah if 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 it if essentially in this situation if it's and I would have to look at the map. I think because of Russell Westbrook's trade kicker, you could do essentially the same trade either way. I do think that Brooklyn would have to add more to the tape to the uh, to the offering. Um, whether it's from them or from a third team to make the money work. So that's something to keep in mind. It might not just be Kyrie only. Um, if it's Kyrie and Harris, if it's Kyrie and, and Seth Curry especially, then we're talking about something different here. But I, I think for the sake of the argument, for the sake of simplicity of the argument, I think I'm just going to basically make it the same offer to get Heald and Turner or the same offer to to get Kyrie Irving, and if that's the case, I think I would rather go in the direction of of Heald and Turner. But I'm just going to open this up. I want to see where we where we go here. So uh, Jacob Peralta, I'll add you here. Uh, we'll go Lakers Nation seven seven seven. I'll add you here, Jay. I will add you as well, and we'll we'll cut it off there for right now. Um, Jacob, I'll start with you. If if everything is to remain equal, would you rather go in the direction of Kyrie Irving or would you rather go in the direction of Miles Turner and Buddy Heald? All right, Jay. Jay, are you there? Uh, are you can can you hear me, Jay? Before I ask the question again. All right, there we go. So so Jay, would you rather go in the direction of Kyrie or in the direction of uh, Heald and Turner? Yeah. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Aaron. Um, thanks for having me up. I've yeah, it was good, brother. Yeah, doing good. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Um, yeah, I think I've been in a couple of spaces and I've been kind of talking about like this has been a topic that's been kind of hovering over the last few weeks for obvious reasons. But when I think of um, the both trades, I like I can't think about it in a vacuum, right? So the way I think about it is this: if we trade for like from a talent perspective, I want. The, I want our trades to revolve around. I would prefer a Kyrie-centric package, right? Or okay. a, a Kyrie-centric 
remainder of the offseason, right? Because the way I envision it is you trade for Kyrie. Hopefully you get a Seth Curry or Joe Harris, Harris back. I mean, I know that's that's optimistic based on what we're giving up. But let's just say in a perfect world, you can get a, a, a Seth Curry back, right? That gives you Kyrie and Seth. And hopefully if we still have a pick, uh, the way I'm thinking about it is that the Lakers plans, and, and I know it's been kind of reported, is you're not only getting Kyrie and Seth, but you're also trading that other pick and THT and none for a secondary, you know, trade, which is whether Buddy Heald or Eric Gordon. Um, based on what the the cost of the Indiana package is, I don't think the Lakers will have the leverage to get Buddy Heald and Turner while only giving up one pick. So that almost, in my mind, takes, you know, then making a trade for Eric Gordon for some more wing depth, it takes it off the table. So um, ultimately, I want what's best for the Lakers. I Kyrie's a very exciting player, and I think in the biggest stage, you know, he's obviously proven that he he's a winner. Uh, well, next one when, when he's next to LeBron, so I, I would have to go the Kyrie package um, just because I think the leverage of the Nets and the Lakers are so equal that we would be able to recoup some of our or keep some of our assets to make a secondary trade. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it seems pretty clear, and this is something that Aaron and I have talked about quite a bit, but it seems pretty clear right now that essentially the market is you move Russ for a pick, and if you, if you move Russ and bring back a useful player, it's going to cost the other pick. So the, the Lakers right now are trying to hold on to the notion of only using the one pick in a Russ trade, uh, and and... I would imagine that severely limits the market for what you're what you're talking about bringing back. So that probably takes you out of the the, the sweepstakes for the Miles Turner Buddy Heald package. I would imagine if they were to talk to Utah, they might be able to to send Russ over there for the one pick, depending on the type of players that they would be getting back. But the type of players that you're getting back are probably maybe replacement level, maybe slightly below replacement level. And that doesn't really do anything for you here for the Lakers um, since you're moving the one pick anyway. So I, I where where from what I have heard and, and there has been basically nothing else to really talk about so far since, uh, you know, early July, from what I have heard, the Lakers are, are almost borderline dogmatic in this idea that we are going to hold on to the set that 2029 pick um, for the same reason you're talking about, Jay. They want to, they just want control of it, and and I understand where that's coming from. But as it stands right now, I think it's 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 become kind of unreasonable given that every team that they have spoken to, the 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 stance has been consistent. Back when Russ had a, you know, the back, back before the deadline, it was going to cost a pick to move Russell Westbrook. And even now that there is one fewer year on that contract, it's still a giant expiring contract. You're still asking a team to take on $47 million in a deal, um, if not more, plus the, you, if you include the trade kicker. And so you're, 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 it's going to cost that one first rounder to, to move him in that sense. And then if you want to get actual help back that, that makes the Lakers better next year, that is always going to cost a, a pick. Like if I was to tell everybody, right. If I was to tell everybody, miles Turner and buddy healed are going to cost a first rounder. Nobody would blink that no, nobody would, nobody would think sideways at that. Like you would just like, Oh yeah, that seems to make sense. Miles Turner and buddy healed, would seem to cost a first rounder. 
Um, and then if I was to tell, tell everybody, uh, yeah, in, in a separate trade, the Lakers are trying to move Russell Westbrook, and that costs a, a first-rounder, that wouldn't seem to, 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 to freak anybody out, especially given the fact that Rudy Gobert just went for like seven picks, and Donovan Mitchell is probably going to go for some crazy assortment of, of first-rounders. So like first-rounders right now have, be, have been kind of depreciated, and it's going to cost more to do more using first-round capital as it seems right now that is all all of all of that is fair um but two things one none of this happens in a in a vacuum right so that is true but every circumstance has different push and pull has different motivations so i agree conceptually i agree with what you're saying however i Buddy Heald may or may not be a positive asset at this point. He's probably not um, on his contract. I tend to agree with you, but Indiana's been trying to move Miles Turner. He's wanted out forever. And in and in the in the Brooklyn case, like you're right, Kyrie is probably worth all of that, but nobody else is offering that. So you you get into the point where are you? Do you want to neg- negotiate against yourself? Has either team? Or have the Lakers with either team actually given their best and last and final offer, right? This is all negotiating, and there's still a bunch of time left before anything has to happen. You know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn is putting out all of this stuff like, oh, we'll just run this back. Okay, will you actually? Or when it comes down to it and you have to actually bring everybody to camp, are you going to want to do that? To be fair, the same is true with the Lakers. Yeah. I say all the time. <laughs> so that's fair. Right. That is fair. But what I always say is deadlines create activity. And camp is a deadline, it would seem to me, for both of these sides. So is either side negotiating in good faith at this point? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. And we will see, we will see kind of this game of chicken who's going to blink first because that's what these negotiations are. That's what every negotiation is. It's a game of chicken and who's going to blink first and what is everybody's motivations? What are everybody's deadlines? Are they the same on both sides? In this case, it seems to me from the outside in Brooklyn and from not so outside with the Lakers, it seems to me like training camp is the next deadline for both teams. The other fact, the other factor to keep in mind to the point, like, cause Jay, and I know you just said a second ago that, that you would kind of prefer to go in the Kyrie route. The other thing to keep in mind here, and and like Aaron just said, none of this happens in a vacuum. The Lakers right now, one deadline, even if it's kind of a, a soft deadline, one deadline that is kind of approaching the Lakers is negotiation extension, you know, contract extension talks with LeBron. And he has made it very clear from the get-go on this. Like this has been one of the, the easiest things to hear about um, no matter almost anybody you talk to, he has wanted Kyrie in in a, a, as the outcome of this offseason. And whether it was it, whether it's stuff that you kind of hear whispered behind the scenes or if you just read the tea leaves based on reporting, um, you know, that there, there was a literal report. I forget from whom. I think it was Windhorse who said or either Windhorse or McTen. Um, who said that they uh, that that LeBron's extension talks are seriously going to be impacted by the Lakers' ability to bring Kyrie Irving in here? And then it was uh, Brian Windhorst who echoed that and added to it that LeBron doesn't give a single bleep about the 2029 uh, first rounder, which I would be surprised if he did. 
given what's at stake for him and his legacy here. Um, and and the reason I say all of this is because one thing that you kind of sort of hear whispered about is would LeBron sign an extension if the return on Russell Westbrook is that Miles Turner Buddy Heald package? Um, do the Lakers have the same amount of confidence in making that trade uh, as they would in making the trade for Kyrie Irving and whether or not LeBron would then sign his extension after that. And basically the Lakers would be able to line up all of the contracts uh, with Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James to all basically end at the same time and see where things stand from that point moving forward. So like one thing to keep in mind as we have this conversation about Kyrie Irving, about Miles Turner slash Buddy Heald, even about, what the Lakers might be able to get out of Utah or New York, right? Who have been kind of rumored about as potential rust destinations as well is as much sense as it makes to me from a basketball perspective uh, for the Lakers to kind of spread out some of the talent across the roster in trading for multiple good NBA players um, versus the one star in Kyrie Irving. If Kyrie Irving brings you back LeBron on an extension, then it's almost a non-starter, I, I think. It, it, or, but what I'd be kind of curious, what's up? One, 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 look, you're, you are correct. Uh, I'm, let me be careful here. Yeah, I'm just going to say, it is, it is, you're, it now, is, it you're is, on vacation mode. Are you sure you want to, <laughs> don't get fired on your day off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were you you still in boxes? <laughs> How are you gonna get fired on your day off? <laughs> you were still in park. What was you building a clubhouse? Um, <laughs> although, although the irony of you getting fired in Maui and Magic Johnson getting found in Hawaii in that bunker would just be—that would just be hilarious, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is funny. Uh, all right, so yes, it has been widely reported. And I, I oh, how am I going to do this? I believe, I believe this to be the case that LeBron's preferred outcome out of all of this is Kyrie. I, I think that is correct. It has been reported. The extension stuff and him holding it over—that's a different matter entirely. Um, August fourth is the first time he can uh, sign the extension. But it has also been widely reported that Kyrie's preferred destination is the Lakers. There is a path in which Kyrie gets traded somewhere else or plays out the year in Brooklyn or sits out the year in Brooklyn this year and it takes his free agency and still decides that he wants to be a Laker. The Lakers aren't going to have a ton of cap space. Well, you know how the Lakers could have plenty of cap space if LeBron doesn't sign an extension, waits, Let's Kyrie come in for whatever Kyrie's going to make and then signs after because the Lakers have LeBron's bird rights. So that is another wrinkle, and it is, it is leverage that Kyrie can have in connection with Brooklyn and leverage that the Lakers could hold in these discussions. Much like when it was widely assumed Anthony Davis wanted to be a Laker, like it kind of put, it kind of put the Pelicans in a rough spot because the notion was, well, it's going to depress the market. Nobody's necessarily going to want to trade for him because he's leaving anyway. Or if you don't trade me, I'm leaving anyway. So you may as well get something while you can. It is just another wrinkle in all of this. 
Well, I think that that's also the case with Indiana, right? Like they're like you just said a second ago, the reason why the Lakers are even in these talks, as we've seen these first rounders, it, it require more first rounders to make things happen around the NBA. Like honestly, a first rounder, just a single first rounder for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, if you look at it through that perspective, is honestly slightly underpaying. I think. Like I, I know, I know. Maybe, that- I don't. I, maybe I think Buddy Heald. I be, at this point is a negative asset, and Miles Turner, who's a really good player, and frankly has wanted to be a Laker for two years now. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a really good player. He's been hurt a lot. Um, and he only has this year left, so you're going to have to, you know, in, in getting him, it's either you're getting him as a rental or you intend to re-sign him. He's going to want a bunch of money. I'm not saying that's mm-hmm. a bad move, but I'm not sure the two of them as, as assets are as widely sought after around the league as, as you think, is my point. No, I, 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 but that's that's kind of that's kind of my point. We're in agreement here. Is that like if I was again, like if we were just to look at Miles Turner the player and Buddy Heald the player, and I think the way that we feel about Buddy Heald would be very different watching him play next to LeBron. Like I, I think Le, I think Buddy Heald would would cease to be a negative asset as soon as he starts playing next to LeBron or next to Anthony Davis. Like I, I that that would that would same goes for Joe Harris by the way too, who I. I still think can play who I still think can, can knock down wide open jumpers and, the, and especially the types of wide open jumpers that he would get playing next to LeBron. So, um, but, but like I, if I, again, if I was just to say, yeah, Miles Turner at his age, yes, the, the, the injury questions are, are certainly a concern and Hey, why have like one, one, one question I always find myself asking is like, why has Indiana been trying to trade this guy for so long? Why is this going like <laughs> he's been in trade rumors basically for the last two seasons and and I'm kind of curious why if he's as talented a player as I know him to be and he's as impactful a player as I know him to be what the hell is going on there and I know some of it is kind of a funky fit because that they had Sabonis and they had Turner and yeah but that's that's so that is now you hit on the real part of it the question shouldn't be why have they been trying to trade him. The question should be, why have they been trying to trade him even after they even after? Yeah, right. And so, like that's the, those are questions that I have as well. But I would still say the talent, the impact that 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 Miles Turner is, I would happily pay up a single first rounder for that, especially if it costs seven to get Rudy Gobert. <laughs> that 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 price seems more than fair to me. Um, and then and then again, like I said earlier, if it, if I was just if I was told. As I have been basically all offseason, it's going to cost a first rounder to move off of $47 million of Russell Westbrook, who, by the way, would immediately probably get bought out. And also, by the way, I'm not even sure would get picked up. Um, that's that that seems very reasonable. No, to me too. stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Where, who's Aaron? You're telling me. You're telling me. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling he, me nobody would take a flyer on Russ at the minimum. Stop it. Is, is he, he demanding, demanding to start? start? Is he, is he, is he, if you pay him the minimum, it doesn't matter. Is he, demand yeah, whatever does? you want. No, demand whatever huh? you want. If you're paying somebody the minimum, demand, he can demand whatever he wants. If, if he doesn't like it, you don't have, you don't have the. That's what we thought with Andre Drummond too. And, and if Andre Drummond is out here demanding to start, then Russell Westbrook demanding to start can also screw up a, a, a locker room like that. 
Drummond coming over and demanding to start just kind of screwed up how 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 things were going. Hell, Dennis Schroeder coming over and demanding to start screwed up that season right from the get-go too. Like th- these these guys, like one, one thing that we're learning, I think, about the NBA is that like some of this culture stuff, some of this locker room stuff, really does matter. And I think no no for- no not not some of it. It all matters. It absolutely yeah, matters. Right. It absolutely it- matters. My point is. So if I if I have a good team and Russell Westbrook is saying like I have to start on this good team, I'm telling Russell Westbrook, all right, man, good luck finding a, a not as good team. Yeah, yeah. But my point is there were rumors that Andre Drummond, as a condition of him signing with the Lakers, was promised he could start. What I am yeah. saying is with Russ, you think nobody would pick him up and say, "Have at it." If he decides he wants to start and and make saves in the locker room, and we saw what with Carmelo. We we saw we saw him out of the league for a year until he realized, okay, yeah, I guess I'm not a starter anymore. So yeah, I, I could see that happening with Russ. You you you're telling me that couldn't happen with Russell Westbrook after the season he just had last year, where he's arguably the least efficient player in the NBA. I am telling you, there are multiple teams that would be interested in Russ at the minimum, is what I'm telling you. Right. But if he gets think- bought out, if he gets bought out like are you you're are you telling me you think it is possible that Russell Westbrook has played his last game in the NBA? Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. I do. wow. Wow. Okay. All right. You and I will yeah. agree to disagree on that one. No, I mean like I I I think I think it it's just all right. So we went through I went through this on 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 my timeline and it's kind of hilarious that that like one of the situations is Washington. So maybe Washington takes a flyer on him as they don't really have a point guard that they're grooming and they still have Bradley Beal and they're still trying to convince everybody that they're trying to win now, even though everybody knows they're just kind of treading water in the most Washington wizards way. But like maybe like that's that, that seems to be one of the only situations here. I know, I know Charlotte is looking at Kemba Walker is Russ better than Kemba. Probably. I think so at this stage of both of their careers. So maybe uh, Charlotte takes a flyer on him, but do you, do you want to take the ball out of LaMelo ball's hands? There, um, that 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 seems like a, a fair question to ask. So yeah, like I, I think most teams either have a player better than Russell Westbrook at point guard who is starting for them, or they have a young player who they want to get all of the reps that they can possibly get there. Um, and then you have some of those kind of mediocre teams, and maybe Russ can find one of those mediocre teams. But I do think we are we're closer to the situation in the NBA where Russ can't find a starting gig that he's happy with than where we were when the Lakers traded for him when back then, yeah, you would, if if you were trading for Russ, he was a no doubt about it. He's going to start for your team type player. I just don't think he's, he's that player anymore. Not based off of what we saw last year. I, I agree with that. I am saying there would be multiple teams that would be interested in him at the minimum. Would he accept, would he accept that, that contract and that role that would come along with that? That's a different question. Yeah. But, if he decided he's if he never plays again, it, it's his decision because there would be teams interested in him at the minimum. And looks like Lakers Nation wants to get back in. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Lakers Nation. I haven't brought you in quite yet. So we'll start from the beginning here. Would you rather Kyrie or uh, Heald slash Turner? Hey, guys. Sorry waving so much. I uh, just wanted to get a little word in here before I have to hop back into work. I'm- you were you were doing the the Dion Waiters off in the corner, and <laughs> I was pounding the ball on the ground, and, and you were just standing over there. Hey, hello, Anthony, Anthony dribbling the air out the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just wanted to say, 
I think, first of all, as a Lakers fan, we should be happy that we are in this situation where we're saying Kyrie Irving or Heald slash Turner. You know, I didn't know going into this offseason that we were going to even be able to off Russell Westbrook. And uh, this Man, is a good you, you make it sound. You made it sound like the Sopranos. Yeah, who, right. We, <laughs> man, you mean off, yeah. off load or off? We're, we're, what you on, brother? Not, well, you said you got to go. You said you got to go back to work. You work with John Wick. What you talking about? Russ is going to be playing with the old New Jersey Nets, as in like swimming with the fishes in New Jersey. Like what is going? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think again. For, first of all, I think it's yeah, a great situation to be in. You know, I think great problem to have uh, here and. Um, I think first thing we need to remember is, you know, obviously LeBron's contract, right? Um, this is the most important thing we need to uh, consider in our considerations here as a team, as a front office. They need to remember re-signing LeBron is the most important thing here, right? And he's made it very clear he wants Kyrie Irving to be, uh, you know, the the target for the offseason. That's what he wants out of this. But... I think it's also very important to consider the fact that, you know, Kyrie has only played, uh, I think it was something like 50, he hasn't played 55% of his games in a Nets jersey. Um, and I know that, you know, that that's something that, you know, has to do with, you know, his, the, the COVID situation and all of that kind of seems to be resolved. But he, again, he doesn't seem to be very serious about playing basketball. And if we're going to, you know, trade away assets, I think it's very important to trade away for something that's going to perform, not something that you have to, you know, cross your fingers and hope works out for you, right? Um, so I think, you know, going with uh, a Buddy Heald, Miles Turner situation would be great. That was kind of what we wanted to do um, coming out of the championship season. I remember we were talking about Miles Turner or Jeremy Grant at the time, uh, uh, in addition to maybe trying to get Buddy healed at that point in time. And I think this is a great way, you know, to, you know, fix, you know, the, the mistakes that we made, you know, uh, a season's lost, you know, nothing we can do about what happened there, but what we can do is, you know, fix what, what, what we did wrong and go into this season with a, a fresh start. And I think being deep with two players who can and will play the majority of the season without a question I think that's a lot better than having, you know, one one player or maybe we get a Seth Curry with with Kyrie Irving, but you know, it's not going to be as strong of a package as getting Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, uh, you know, on the roster and I, I think that opens up a lot for what we have right now. It allows uh, you know, LeBron and uh AD to get maximized. Um, I think AD likes to play the four. He doesn't like to play the five. Having, you know, Miles Turner running the, the five for us and then allows, uh, you know, AD to, you know, run the four as he likes to do for God knows what reason. I wish he would play the five for us, but it doesn't seem to happen very often. Um, but I think, yeah, I think th this is a great way to, you know, uh, put together a roster that's that's contendable. You know, we can actually go out there and, and play, win, play and win basketball games. That's what matters at the end of the day. You know, Kyrie is flashy. It's a great, you know, story. And, you know, get to reunite with LeBron. LeBron wants that. But do I think we lose if we don't get him and we get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner in the end? No, I don't. I think I think uh, that would be a great win as well. You know, either way, I think, again, this is a great problem to have. But that's kind of my two cents on all of this, personally. I don't know if I would go so far as to call it a great problem to have. I mean, it... it 
as it stands right now, it seems like the Lakers have options, which is a better situation to your point than we thought that they were going to have heading into this offseason. Uh, but at the end of the day, you, they're still trying to move Russell Westbrook and his $47 million contract. That's something that like, I don't think any other team in the NBA would like to be dealing with right now. I, I it's it's usually good options are like remember when the Lakers had man I'm saying this like it was 30 years ago but when the Lakers had Alex Caruso and KCP and you're like well which of those guys should maybe start which 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 of the guys can come off of the bench and and can those guys play together if LeBron is playing more of a point guard role and like Frank Vogel had options and they were all good like you you say you have a good problem on your hands when all of the outcomes are good and the Lakers not trading Russell Westbrook and heading into training camp would be a really bad outcome. And, and that's and that's still an outcome right here, right? That's still technically an option. Yeah. But I, I understand what you're saying that like it is better right now than I think people thought heading into the heading into the offseason. Exactly. Exactly. I, I genuinely thought that, you know. Well, until I saw LeBron sit across the court from Russell Westbrook and pay him no mind, I thought we were going to run it back with, with Russ, to be honest. Um, you know, I was kind of preparing myself for that outcome because I thought that was the most probable outcome. It's seeming like that's not anymore, obviously still on the table. And uh, that's what I mean by this is a good problem to have, that we're even able to sit here and discuss these possible trades here. You know, if we can turn Russell Westbrook after that horrible season he just had for us into either Buddy Heald and Miles Turner or Kyrie Irving and maybe a Seth Curry, I think, you know, that's a huge win. And that's uh, something to be excited about. And, um, you know, it sucks that we're going to have to kind of drag this out. seems like this is going to get dragged out all the way up into the last few days here. Like you guys said, it seems like the next, uh, you know, next deadline is going to be training camp. And I think it's going to be dragging out to them. And I think it's really going to come down to the fact that they're both going to get there. And both teams are going to be like, look, we can't really bring these squads into this training camp and feel comfortable about it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And and one one type of Lakers fan that I'm kind of interested to hear from, because I, I get this, and now Twitter isn't a real place, and my mentions specifically are always a tire fire. But um, I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear from Lakers fans out there who, as we find out, and, and I'm not going to go so far as to say, like, this is, I have this, it's, it's kind of uh, split reporting and split whispers on on how I've heard it to this point. But it sounds like one scenario that we could see play out here is LeBron is more open to signing his extension if the Lakers bring in Kyrie and maybe less open to signing in his, his extension if the Lakers bring in Miles Turner. And that's one way, and this is, by the way, something that LeBron has done at his other stops as well, is, is applying pressure... Uh, to the organization by way of his contractual decisions and the options and the directions that he could take those negotiations in. And so I'm kind of curious if there's anybody out there who would say, no, risk, risk what you ever, whatever you have to and, and do the Turner slash heel trade, even knowing that maybe just maybe that means LeBron doesn't sign his extension. I, I know that I've seen it in my mentions in some places, and I know that uh, there are some Lakers fans, given the way that it went down last year, where LeBron used his 
kind of political capital in the organization to bring in Russ. And given how that went, um, I know there's some frustrations there, but I'm kind of curious, you know, stick, put your hands up if you're, if you're waiting to, if you've requested to speak, um, I'm, I'm put your hands up if you, if you're, if you're kind of on the side of no, do, do what's best. What, what, you know, for Rob, do what you think is best for the organization here and try to figure out extensions. However, however that might fall, even granting that you might be weakening the, op- the, the, the possibility that LeBron signs that extension. Cause that's a, that's a possibility. I think I saw Tyson say that. So I'm going to, I'm going to add Tyson here. Uh, Tyson, is that, is that the stance that you're basically taking here or it's like, yeah, you're, you're risking it here. And, and Rob Polinka, especially as, as we hear more about the, the, the seat getting a little warmer underneath him, uh, do what you have to, to do, uh, to make the Lakers better. Even if that means LeBron might not sign his extension. Oh, sorry. My bad. Uh, could you just yeah. repeat the beginning? I didn't hear exactly what, uh, what you said. Well, so I'm, I I thought I saw your hand go up uh, to to signify that this might be how you felt, but I'm wondering if there are fans out there who are saying to themselves and and saying as their analysis, "Hey, yeah, LeBron signing his extension right after you trade for Kyrie Irving is something to consider here." But the other side of the coin is. If you trade for Turner and healed, and if Rob Palinka feels like that's how he can make the Lakers better, that he should do that, even if he puts at risk LeBron signing that extension. Okay, uh, that's tough, actually. So the way I feel about it is, um, you have you have a small window of LeBron left, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you you have to maximize that, regardless of the the long term outcome. If you get what I mean, yeah. No, I think we're all we're all on that page right now, and that's why like the twenty twenty seven and the twenty twenty nine first rounder is something that I don't think any Lakers fan actually cares about right now. Like there, I think I think there there are some people who, you know, are are are, are saying it from a perspective of like you don't want to lose the negotiation in, in making this trade, but I don't think anybody honestly cares about whatever seventh grader could eventually be a Laker in in two thousand twenty nine. Granting that I'm not even positive any of us are really going to be here in 2029, but but like Aaron, Aaron, do you understand like the point that I'm kind of making here? Like, I do, and, it, and part of it is if if you are in that camp that yeah. is like I'm willing to call LeBron LeBron's bluff if you believe yeah. that if you believe that his extension talks are tied to acquiring Kyrie. Another little wrinkle in that is. And and perhaps a, a point in the favor of calling his bluff, if you believe that to be true, is that all of the I will not say speak on this personally, but all of the reporting, much like you know, you've been talking about Kyrie the acquisition of Kyrie being tied to LeBron's willingness to extend, all of those same people have reported that LeBron has no desire to leave Los Angeles and intends to yeah. finish his career as a Laker. So that is one like feather, or, or at least until, until like, like Bronny shows up, and, and then he like you know looks at it again and wants to play with Bronny. Like that's the other outcome here that that gets widely reported about, and he has specifically mentioned. Uh, so both of those things are true. Yes, we have heard him obviously wanting to play with Bronny when and if Bronny becomes draft eligible, um, and will part of the CBA negotiations now change that so he becomes eligible for the NBA draft a year earlier. 
possibly we'll see but there's that has been part of it there has also been separate reporting that lebron does wants to finish his career as a laker and doesn't want to mm-hmm. leave los angeles so if you are going to be on the side of organization do whatever you think is best and be willing to call that lebron's bluff and see if it's a bluff that is a feather that is a, a a finger on the scale in that direction because there has been and and i'll tell you that lebron has told people in the organization he doesn't want to leave i believe yeah. him i don't think he wants to leave yes lebron has has always not always most often used his contractual leverage to get roster changes he wants but the threat of him leaving i think has generally been uh more real than it is in this case now that doesn't mean if you have a partnership with him and it doesn't mean you want to you know make that acrimonious but i think the lakers probably have a little bit more leeway with lebron than teams have in the past do you think there's a a world in which palenka calls that bluff because like so basically, the way that you and I have talked about it in the past is uh, a heel trade was in the works, and then essentially LeBron and AD made it known that they wanted Russell Westbrook, and as a result of some of those conversations, the Lakers went in that direction. Not to say that Polinka wasn't also on board with trading for Russell Westbrook. I don't think he was held against his will and forced into that type of a trade. But we we do know that there were other things that were being worked on. And then eventually the Lakers arrived at Russell Westbrook. I'm kind of curious, though, if you see, given how poorly things went with Russell Westbrook, do you see Polinka more willing to kind of hold firm to what he believes is better for the Lakers in this situation, given how it went last time, that he went and 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 worked more side by side with LeBron and AD to 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 bring in Russ. More willing, yes. Is that enough to be the tipping point? That that is up for discussion, or you know, dependent on what the different options may be. But mm-hmm. I, compared with last year, yes, more willing, yes. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's it's also tough too because like if if you call that bluff. And you use the assets to go out and get healed and you get Turner and it doesn't work out and LeBron leaves. Now you're looking at a rebuild sooner that you're than, than you were maybe hoping for. And you don't have LeBron in the fold extending. And you're the and you're the, the, the GM who basically called that bluff and had it not work out. So it look, we know that Polinka probably likes his job, probably likes having it. And is this like does does he think Heald and Turner are such a better option for the Lakers that he's willing to to put his name on it and put his job security on it? That's that's a very different question. That's a that's it's it's going to be it, it's tough to make that call. All of this, I mean, like he doesn't have the debit in the uh, or the credit in 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 the bank account right now to to utilize. Hey, just give me the benefit of the doubt, guys. I I got this one here. He doesn't have that to work with right now. Sure, I, I think that is mostly fair. Lakers did win a title a couple of seasons ago, um, which we have to remind you regularly. 
paraphrase. Yeah, I, know. I have to I remind mean, you all the time. But here's but here's the other. Thing. They won a championship and he stripped down the team. Like, I, like <laughs> that's what I have to constantly remind you of. Yes, this is true. No, 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 you don't. <laughs> no, you do not. I'm there quite a bit. No, you do not. I watch. Yeah. I watch a lot of these games in person. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but the other part of it is like it isn't just up to Rob, right? Like. I, we have to be careful about presenting it like here's door here's door one and here's door yeah. number two. Rob, pick one. How much of this is LeBron suggesting which one to pick? Do you listen? Right? Like there are there are worlds in which one or both of these deals just literally isn't available. The 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 perceived deals that are out there, the Nets could just say no. I don't care what you offer. No, we're not doing yeah. it. Indiana could say no. So it's not necessarily just a case where. Rob picks the one he likes best, and is he right? Is he wrong? He may not have both options. He may have neither option. Yeah, I mean, I, that's always a part of the conversation that gets kind of overlooked, and and it's something that that you know clearly in in my titling of this thing, it, it doesn't it doesn't get you know kind of brought up. Is hey, there's somebody on the other end of the line here who has to agree to these deals. Um, I'm just I I just what I have to do here is try to frame it in a way that we can have a conversation about it. And I don't have any Pacers friends. I don't think <laughs> so. No, I, I, no, no, look, I, I do think I, let me put it this way. I do think if the Lakers choose to include everything that they have or willing to part with everything that isn't nailed down, in a trade, I think that something can get done. Will it be either of those these options specifically? Not necessarily. But I think there is a path to changing the roster if the Lakers are willing to trade everything that isn't held down. But again, I say this a lot, it's, it's always a question of what your risk tolerance is, your risk aversion, risk versus reward, all of those things that have to constantly be calculated. I do think there is a path to changing the roster in the way that at least going out, player or players going out that everybody is talking about. The question is, what are you getting back? Is it worth it? All of those questions. But I, as, I, as you were right to point out that there are other teams, there are 29 other NBA teams, and none of them are in the business of trying to make the Lakers' life easier. No. No, that's why I've always kind of laughed when, when it's been floated out there that the San Antonio Spurs might uh, help facilitate a rust trade. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see Greg Popovich all that interested in helping the Lakers win a championship. They might, but they're going to be damn sure that they're the ones coming out on top. Yeah, I, 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 that would shock me. Like, there's very little things that, that can now happen in the NBA uh, that would legitimately surprise me or shock me. Greg Popovich, at the end of his career, helping the Lakers win another championship on their way, on, you know, on his way out, uh, would would legitimately shock me. That would le- <laughs> would floor me. I would eat my hat. Um, no, I won't eat my hat. I those those bets always sound awful. Um, I also I, I forgot to mention my my cousin Danny is a a Pacers fan. Danny, if you're listening, my apologies. Um, all right, I'm gonna wrap this thing up here uh, on on one last question as we as we uh, prepare for uh, the Taco Tuesday guys to take over later tonight. And, and as we get ready for yet another week of this stalemate across the NBA. But Aaron, do you think this stuff going on with, with KD and with now Boston and all that stuff, 
and the 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 format of the leak made me really laugh because it was very clearly Brooklyn telling everybody, "Hey, by the way, Boston, they added Jalen Brown to the mix here. You guys, Toronto, do you want to add Scotty Barnes? Miami, do you want to try to to get Bam to a third team so that you can add another pick or two? Can somebody give us a more realistic trade offer for for Kevin freaking Durant? Um, it was funny to watch that come across my my timeline, and and on the one hand, my first kind of instinct was to say that any type of movement on the Kevin Durant front might help the Lakers' chances at landing Kyrie Irving. Um, but I don't necessarily think that's a blanket statement that we can make as if Brooklyn winds up getting a godfather offer for Kevin Durant, would they ever hold on to Kyrie Irving not wanting to reset that market for themselves in the case that they eventually want to trade away Kyrie before he departs via free agency. So Aaron, like as, as all that stuff went on and, and again, like if you have to sip Hennessy, you can, uh, but do you think yesterday's news cycle helped or hurt the Lakers chances of, of making a deal with Brooklyn? Oh, there's so much here. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to rip you in a second, but uh, <laughs> why, why would I get ripped? Oh, you're about to get ripped. I, hey man, we, all that, all that, all that nonsense you were putting out in 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 the silver screen and roll slack. I'm exposing you. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think that. Well, first, I agree with you that the timing of it was was fascinating, right? Woj it came out at like two thirty Eastern, right? Uh, A.M. Eastern. Yeah, I woke up to it in the morning. I was like, "What the hell just happened?" So I think if it was just kind of like a nonsense leak. Um, from somewhere that he would have waited on it. But the fact that he wanted to get an article up written about it and a piece written about it and put it out at that absurd time means that there's probably a little legitimacy to it, is my kind of guess and read on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And people around the league think, and there's been been some reporting to that, the Nets want to trade KD. They want to trade KD before they do so with Kyrie. I have suggested that it may not mm-hmm. be specifically a trade, but they want clarity on the KD situation for a really big move. Aaron, you're kind of breaking up. Are are you underwater? <laughs> uh, hold on, let me go. Let me see One time. Wi-Fi. Get a bit. I do think that um, the KD situation impacts Kyrie. Um, so any movement in the KD stuff, I think, does perhaps influence some, some Kyrie movement. So I think in, in that regard, yes, I think it does make it more likely that Kyrie gets traded. Um, therefore, it would be more likely that he gets traded to the Lakers or anywhere else. Now... I am concerned about you with you saying you might be wanting KD to go to the Celtics. We just had this conversation on these spaces. We just had this conversation of why people might be rooting for the Celtics against the Warriors. And you ripped everybody, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Now, KD is so damn good that anywhere he goes is definitely in the title conversation. 
Yeah. And he would be going to, depending on what they have to send back, he would be going to the team that just won two finals games, and mm-hmm. he's your biggest rival. How in the hell are you going to root for KD to go to the Celtics? Explain yourself. All right. So I don't think it ends well with Kevin Durant and Boston fans. I'm not willing to take that chance. I, I just, I, I think it ends hilariously. I think, I think uh, every time he tweets after a loss and, and gets Boston fans replying to him in those tweets, I think that doesn't go well. I think uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as a pair of wings uh, for the next 10 years was really terrifying to me. And I think that the league is capable of, of, uh, dealing with a year or two of KD and, and Jason Tatum not winning a championship. Um, I, I Look, I've seen how it ended in his last three stops. I think it ended kind of unceremoniously in, in OKC. Uh, everybody seemed pretty miserable while he was there in Golden State. And now it's another tire fire that he is leaving in his wake uh, from Brooklyn. So if he can light the Celtics organization on fire and kind of torch the future that they have in front of them, then I think that's that's a gamble I'm willing to make, given how it's it's ended in the other few spots and stops. Like that's that's I now do I understand where you're coming from and anybody who was telling me like why are you willing to w- risk this? Like if part of Kevin Durant going to Boston means that the Lakers have a better chance at Kyrie Irving and improving their roster, that's part of the math here. And then the other part of the math here is I just don't think like of if of pairs of stars and cities that could possibly be made out there, like there are very few that I think could go as badly as Kevin Durant in Boston. I just it could go well. And and to your point, like that's a that's that's quite a risk. But I think Boston fans and Kevin Durant would mix like oil and water. I just don't think it would go very well. I, I suspect that you're correct. I have just so nervous about it and like you you mentioned it didn't go well with golden state you're right it didn't go well they were kind of miserable except if he and clay thompson hadn't gotten hurt they would have won they would have had a three-peat so like yeah it can he's so damn good it cannot go that well and be a little uncomfortable but do you think do you think boston is as good as is that no 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 one's as good as that golden state team was no of course not right but so like, so I, damn I, I good, it makes me yeah. it, it makes me it makes me nervous. He, he's he's you know I don't think he's as good as he was back then. Clearly, right? That's a blown Achilles. Later, he's thirty four years old now. Like I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't think it ends well with him going to Boston. I mean, I'm you not, might be I'm, right. I don't want to risk it though. I'm gonna be honest. I was more nervous about him going to Phoenix. I thought if if he was to go to Phoenix, that team would be better. Um, than than Boston could possibly be. If Boston has to give up Smart and brown and time lord like i think i think boston i think that they get slightly better but i don't think they're like world beaters in in a way that everybody has to fear for like i i i could see that going poorly i could and and if it goes poorly and the laker and 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 boston uh trades away a future of jalen brown and jason tatum for it to go poorly then even better I, I honestly, I think yesterday's news cycle was pretty productive because now Jalen Brown's pissed at Boston, and and now there's this whole conversation of oh, is is Brad Stevens just Danny Ainge light? Um, I, I think I, 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 yesterday's news cycle made me smile. To be completely honest, no, I, this is the, no, this is the best possible outcome. 
Yeah, like they the, don't the make rumors, the, the they rumors, piss everybody right. off. Like, this is exactly, great. exactly. <laughs> that now you and I are in alignment. That I'm with. <laughs> if we could, if we could have a little trouble in paradise, like the beginning of last season, uh, yeah. when they all hate, when they all seemed like they didn't like each other and it was a disaster, yeah. and they don't get KD. Now that I'm with. Yeah, and now they can't even trade Dennis Schroeder again, so that everybody could now be happier. Like it's <laughs> they don't they don't have that lifeline anymore. Um, <laughs> all right. That's going to do it here for this uh, for this live edition of the Anthony Irwin Show here on Silver Screen and Roll Spaces. Thank you very much, Aaron, for hopping on. Thank you, everybody who uh, spoke. It's a fascinating topic, one that I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I'm hoping it does, but I, 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 I don't think that we are going to be done talking about the Lakers either going in the Kyrie direction or going in Utah, New York, or, or Indiana's direction. Um, with some of these negotiations. Uh, so as we continue to have to talk about them, we're going to do so here live on Spaces and on the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. So until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin, and y'all have a good one. <laughs>